0: This is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 18 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Now, put just these seven things together and then Christ has taught you. Self-denial. I may call these several words in our lesson of self denial. Christ teaches the soul this so that, as in the presence of God on a real sight of itself, it can say, Lord, I am nothing. Lord, I deserve nothing. Lord, I can do nothing. I can receive nothing and can make use of nothing. I am worse than nothing, and if I come to nothing and perish, I will be no loss at all. And therefore, is it such a great thing for me to be cut short here? A man who is little in his own eyes will account every affliction as little and every mercy as great. Consider Saul. There was a time, the scripture says, when he was little in his own eyes. And then his afflictions were but little to him. When some would not have had him to be king, but spoke contemptuously of him, he held his peace. But when Saul began to be big in his own eyes, then the affliction began to be great to him. There was never any man or woman so contented as a self-denying man or woman no one ever denied himself as much as jesus christ did he gave his cheeks to the smiters he opened not his mouth he was as a lamb when he was led to the slaughter he made no noise in the street he denied himself above all and was willing to empty himself and so he was the most contented that ever any was in the world And the nearer we come to learning to deny ourselves, as Christ did, the more contented shall we be, and by knowing much of our own vileness, we shall learn to justify God. Whatever the Lord shall lay upon us, yet he is righteous, for he has to deal with a most wretched creature. A discontented heart is troubled because he has no more comfort, but a self-denying man rather wonders that he has as much as he has. Oh, says the one, I have but a little. I, says the man who has learned the lesson of self-denial, but I would rather wonder that God bestows upon me the liberty of breathing in the air, knowing how vile I am and knowing how much sin the Lord sees in me. And that is the way of contentment by learning self-denial. Eight, but there is a further thing in self-denial which brings contentment. Thereby the soul comes to rejoice and take satisfaction in all God's ways. I beseech you to notice this. If a man is selfish and self-love prevails in his heart, he will be glad of those things that suit with his own ends. But a godly man who has denied himself, will suit with and be glad of all things that shall suit with God's ends. A gracious heart says, God's ends are my ends, and I have denied my own ends. So he comes to find contentment in all God's ends and ways, and he comforts. his comforts are multiplied, whereas the comforts of other men are single. It is very rare that God's ways shall suit with a man's particular end but always God's ways suit with his own ends. If you will only have contentment when God's ways suit with your own ends, you can have it only now and then. But a self-denying man denies his own ends and only looks at the ends of God, and therein he is contented. When a man is selfish, he cannot but have a great deal of trouble and vexation. For if I regard myself, my ends are so narrow that a hundred things will come and jostle me, and I cannot have room in those narrow ends of my own. You know in the city what a great deal of stir there is in narrow streets? Since Thames Street is so narrow, they jostle and wrangle and fight one with another because the place is so narrow, but in the broad streets they can go quietly, similarly, Men who are selfish meet and so jostle with one another. One man is for self in one thing, and another man is for self in another thing, and so they make a great deal of stir. But those whose hearts are enlarged and make public things their ends and can deny themselves have room to walk and never jostle with one another as others do. The lesson of self-denial is the first lesson that Jesus Christ teaches men who are seeking contentment. Roman numeral two, the vanity of the creature. That is the second lesson in Christ's school, where, which he teaches those whom he would make scholars in this art. The vanity of the creature, that whatever there is in the creature has an emptiness in it. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity, is the lesson that the wise man learned. The creature in itself can do us neither good nor hurt. It is all but as wind. There is nothing in the creature that is suitable for a gracious heart to feed upon for its good and happiness. My brethren, the reason why you have not got contentment in the things of the world is not because you have not got enough of them. That is not the reason. But the reason is because they are not things proportionable to that immortal soul of yours that is capable of God himself. Many men think that when they are troubled and have not got contentment, it is because they have but a little in the world, and that if they had more, then they should be content. That is just as if a man were hungry, And to satisfy his craving stomach, he should gape and hold open his mouth to take in the wind and then should think that the reason why he is not satisfied is because he has not got enough of the wind. No, the reason is because the thing is not suitable to a craving stomach. Yet there really is the same madness in the world. The wind which a man takes in By gaping, will as soon satisfy a craving stomach ready to starve, as all the comforts in the world can satisfy a soul who knows what true happiness means. You would be happy, and you seek after such and such comforts in the creature. Well, have you got them? Do you find your hearts satisfied as having the happiness that is suitable to you? No, no. It is not here, but you think it is because you lack such and such things. Oh, poor deluded man, it is not because you have not got enough of it, but because it is not the thing that is proportionable to the immortal soul that God has given you. Why do you lay out money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Isaiah 55 2. You are mad people. You seek to satisfy your stomach with that which is not bread. You follow the wind. You will never have contentment. All creatures in the world say, Contentment is not in us. Riches say, Contentment is not in me. Pleasure says, Contentment is not in me. If you look for contentment in the creature, you will fail. No. Contentment is higher when you come into the school of Christ. Christ teaches you that there is a vanity in all things of the world, and the soul which, by coming into the school of Christ, by understanding the glorious mysteries of the gospel, comes to see the vanity of all things in the world, is the soul that comes to true contentment. I could give you an abundance of proverbs from heathens, which show the vanity of all things in the world, and they did not learn the vanity of the creature in the right school. But when a soul comes into the school of Jesus Christ and there comes to see vanity in all things in the world, then such a soul comes to have contentment. If you seek contentment elsewhere, like the unclean spirit, you seek for rest But find none. Roman numeral three, a third lesson which Christ teaches a Christian when he comes into his school is this. He teaches him to understand what is the one thing that is necessary which he never understood before. You know what he said to Martha. Oh, Martha. Martha. Thou cumbers thyself about many things, but there is one thing necessary. Before, the soul sought after this and that, but now it says, I see that it is not necessary for me to be rich, but it is necessary for me to make my peace with God. It is not necessary that I should live a pleasurable life in this world, but it is absolutely necessary that I should have pardon of my sin. It is not necessary that I should have honor and preferment, but it is necessary that I should have God as my portion and have my part in Jesus Christ. It is necessary that my soul should be saved in the day of Jesus Christ. The other things are pretty fine indeed, and I should be glad if God would give me them a fine house and income and clothes and advancement for my wife and children these are comfortable things but they are not the necessary things i may have these and yet perish forever but the other is absolutely necessary no matter how poor i am i may have what is absolutely necessary thus christ instructs the soul Many of you have had some thoughts about this, that it is indeed necessary for you to provide for your souls. But when you come to Christ's school, Christ causes the fear of eternity to fall upon you and causes such a real sight of the great things of eternity and the absolute necessity of those things that it possesses your heart with fear and takes you off from all other things in the world. It is said of Pompey that when he was carrying corn to Rome at a time of dearth, he was in a great deal of danger from storms at sea, but he said, We must go on. It is necessary that Rome should be relieved, but it is not necessary that we should live. So certainly, when the soul is once taken up with the things that are of absolute necessity, it will not be much troubled about other things. What are the things that disquiet us here but some by matters in this world? And it is because our hearts are not taken up with the one absolutely necessary thing. Who are the men who are most discontented but idle persons? Persons who have nothing to occupy their minds. Every little thing disquiets and discontents them. But in the case of a man who has business of great weight and consequence, if all things go well with his great business which is in his head, he is not aware of meaner things in the family. On the other hand, a man who lies at home and has nothing to do, finds fault with everything. So it is with the heart. When the heart of a man has nothing to do but to be busy about creature comforts, Every little thing troubles him. But when the heart is taken up with the weighty things of eternity, with the great things of eternal life, the things of here below that disquieted it before are things now of no consequence to him in comparison with the other. How things fall out here is not much regarded by him. If the one thing that is necessary is provided for. This concludes episode 18 of Jeremiah Burroughs, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment.